Welcome to the LA Realtor Podcast. I'm Paul with Great Builds. And I'm Sarah with Glen Oaks Escrow. And we're getting to know the industry one conversation at a time. Hey, everybody. Hi. Welcome to the show. We've got a good show for you today. Today, we have Marissa Azra. She's with Chicago Title. She's a longtime friend of mine. I've known her for over a decade, pretty much from right when I got into the real estate industry itself. So without further ado, Marissa Azra, welcome to the show. Thank you so much. Hi, Good Marissa. Good to be here. Hi. Good How morning. Are you? I'm doing great. How about you? Good. You gone to Vegas recently? Can you hear it in my voice? <laughs> <laughs> you got that Vegas look, the Vegas voice. Yeah, I can't do I can't do what I used to do in Vegas. That's for sure. It's it's oh. like three, four, five days of recovery. And I didn't go hard. Let me tell you something. I didn't <laughs> the forties in Vegas are a lot different than the twenties in Vegas. Let's just say that. We're all still pretending that we're young on occasion <laughs> right. and finding right. out that it's not true anymore. So I'm in denial, but still in recovery <laughs> mode, but I'm, I'm day three and water has been a friend of mine for three days straight. <laughs> yes. Liquid IV. Hydrated right. up. That's right. All right. So you are a, what? You're a title sales rep with Chicago Title. Is that correct? That is right. I'm what they call an account executive. And ooh, um, ooh, basically, I am selling and slinging title in, in, in the streets. So I've been doing this for about 12 years. And I feel like it's an intricate and interesting part of the real estate transaction. Not always the most exciting one, but definitely an important one. Yeah. So titles required in all transactions. Can you just give us a overview of what title is and why it's so important in a transaction? Sure. So yeah, exactly. Every real estate transaction. So not only sale transactions, but also refinances, you will always need a new title policy when you are going through one of those transactions. So it's something that happens sort of at the beginning of a real estate transactions. I like to tell agents that the minute they take a listing, one of their first calls should be to their title rep. And the reason why is that we issue something called a preliminary title report. And this report can take a day to to get out to you. It can take a few days. If the property hasn't been searched and hasn't been sold in a long time, it can actually take longer. It can take up to a week sometimes. So I always like to get ahead of that. And in this report, you'll find all of the really important details about the property. So we have the vesting, how, how the owners are currently held on title on their grant deed. So that will start the report and then we'll go through items as far as if they have any open deeds of trust that they'll need to pay off if there's any liens on the property, um, including a deed of trust, but also can be something they haven't paid off. Maybe there's a mechanics lien. Um, somebody put a judgment on their on their property or, or something that needs to be cleared during the time of escrow. So mechanics liens, I've seen something like people put a $30,000 fence or a retaining wall and they didn't pay for the, for the entire project. That contractor sometimes will come back and put a lien on that home in order to get paid. And so we see all of these things through the owner's names, the property address, their social security numbers, and we make sure all of these things are taken care of during time of escrow. Also on there, you might see easements, something called plotted easements. That can be anything like a utility pole running along the side of the house or in the back of the house. It could be a sewer line running through. And it's just nice for these owners and these people who are buying the house or refinancing if they didn't know the first time around 
to see where these things lie and to kind of know what's on their property. So during the time of escrow, we work really closely with our escrow, the lender, both sides of the real estate transaction, um, the selling and the buying side. And we make sure all of these items on the preliminary report are read through, they're understood, and they're also taken care of so that we can deliver clean title to the next homeowner who's purchasing the property or on a refinance, obviously, for the refinance title policy that they're purchasing. Well, let me ask you this. So the PTR comes out, preliminary title report, right? I was like, what? I like that. PTR. Isn't that, using that one. Just, he, he's creating slang oh, that we're now going to use industry-wide. I like it. Ha, have you guys never heard that? <laughs> no. It's like PYT. Oh, it's fun, it's like Michael Jackson. Oh. It's the new PYT. <laughs> Slay. So the PTR, for those of you in the know, does, do, do agents really understand what, do most agents really understand what's on that preliminary title report? Do most buyers really understand? Because it's, it's, a, it's a lot of legal mumbo jumbo, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So who reads it? Who understands it? Does the title officer work with the agent to make sure they get what's on there? Because it can be pretty esoteric. It's true. So sometimes there's like a three pager and it's super clean and super easy. And then you got those really gnarly ones that come out that just, you need to really dissect. And so it's funny that you should ask that because everybody obviously should be reading this preliminary title report. Both both agents, obviously the selling agent should know what they're dealing with with their clients and, and the items that we need to address. But also the buy side, it's important to know what's on the property, what kinds of items are being cleared in order for their owners to obtain the property. But not everybody reads these things. I mean, I, I urge people to, I like to give a brief summary of what's on there. And actually at Chicago Title, we have a great thing called like a live look in. So it's kind of like the Cliff's Notes to your preliminary title report. And that'll be on the first page. And it's mm. highlighted and it's great. It's, it's like a summary. It's a summary and it's super easy to read. And it because there's a lot of legal jargon and stuff on there that a lot of people don't understand, right. this summary kind of makes it easier too. And so things will be highlighted in yellow if they kind of like really need to be addressed and they'll be in red if it's like a blaring, like needs to be addressed now. This could take some time to really clear. Let's look at these items. So that's our like cheat sheet. It's fantastic. Mm. It's all hyperlinked. So all the documents associated with that item are there to preview. But yeah, I always urge everybody on the transaction to really try to dissect this report. And obviously the title officer. So our engineering and our examining teams, they're the ones who create this report, right? So they go through the chain of title. They make sure we have everything on there that we need to address. And so they're really researching and reading it. But the escrow is really intricate in the part of making sure these items are dealt with. And they probably work with our title team the most in making sure that that it's clean and ready to go. But yeah, I'm always there. I'm kind of not only in the field, um, bringing business to Chicago title and working on those relationships with my real estate partners, but I get calls all the time. Hey, can you make sure that report looks good? Did you take a second look or, or people call me, my clients call me with reports from other title companies just because I have a great relationship with them. So I'm reading title reports from other companies just to make sure those look pretty good or, or steer them in a direction of like, I'd ask about items six and seven. Those look a little weird. Maybe you can get Mm -hmm. some more clarification on that. Yeah. So what are some things that agents like taking a look at a preliminary title report should be looking for or what's a big red flag or what's, how do they know when to, uh oh, we need to get this stuff resolved? Or once you run the title report, does that start getting work done or does that wait until escrow? Because it sounds like yeah, that's so, where a lot of that's happening. 
Sure. So that's why I say the second you get that listing, call your title rep, because usually there's a couple of weeks at least in between signing that listing, getting the property ready for the market, even longer. I mean, obviously there's sometimes there's months, but that time is really intricate in, in seeing that report and saying, okay, maybe there's been a death in the family or we, if it's a trust situation, we need to see a copy of that trust. And sometimes people are not, they don't have all these documents handy. They need to go to other family members. They need to go to their family attorney. They need to collect all of these documents. But it is very important that we get these things ahead of time. So we read through trusts. We make sure that we're handling with escrow who's on title, who's supposed to be getting the disbursements once once we close. Red flags can be a huge IRS lien that's just looming on the property that nobody's addressed for years. And now they owe $85,000 to the IRS. That needs to be taken care of, obviously, during escrow. We cannot close if there's any kinds of liens on the property. So that will be a blaring red one that needs to be addressed. So that's an example of that. Sometimes in LA, especially, um, and, and I'm sure other places in the country, but there's, we're hillside too. So there's a lot of interesting street assessments and shared driveways. So that can be an easement as well. So a lot of people do share part of their properties. There's private roads. All of those things will be kind of spelled out on this report. So that's really important, I think, for the buy side. Obviously, the sell side, we have to make sure everything is clean and all these deeds and liens are paid for and everything's taken care of and buttoned up. But for the buy side, you know, a lot of people want to do work on the house. Maybe they want to put in a pool. Maybe they want to add an ADU or, or, or do some work. They need to know where everything lies and what's on the property so they know what they're getting into. And so this report will kind of spell that out. So they know, do I need to go get a surveyor? Do I need to do some more work? Right. How often, it, what percentage of transaction would you say, best guess, where the buyer is surprised at what they find? It, it's pretty rare, right? Like they're like, oh, I didn't know that a river ran through my back <laughs> or whatever. It is, yeah, it is pretty it, rare. I always try to appease the buy side by saying, it's good to know where everything lies on the property. Obviously, if you were there, you probably, probably get a good indication if you walk through the house a couple of times with your clients. Mm-hmm. You probably saw what was there or maybe have some additional questions. But I always rest assured there's no way your client is going to obtain title or this is going to close unless everything is taken care of and everything is clean and ready to go. We're not just going to transfer this property with, to you with all of these things on title. So that's what we're addressing during the time of escrow. Uh, not a huge percentage. I, I would okay. say most things are, are are kind of pretty standard. Nothing's pretty obvious. Yeah, there's very few times that something's super shocking, but it does come up time to time, of course. What's the stickiest situation with a with <laughs> a title <laughs> report that you've encountered in your time? Yeah, they're not typically too <laughs> exciting, but I would have to say one. I always kind of if I'm doing a class on a title report or something like that. This story always comes to my head first, but this was probably about four or five years ago. And it was a hillside property, like I just mentioned in in Sherman Oaks, California and beautiful home. And it was a quick, all cash, seven day close. I think we were already on day three or four. We were days away from closing. And for some reason, they the property report and everything looked fine. We don't really issue aerial shots via the assessor's office. And now I do. After this, uh, this instance, what I like to do is kind of pull those off the assessor's website to see where your property lines actually go and meet. And what happened in the final moments is that there was some confusion. They, they brought out a surveyor. They wanted to do a deck 
on the outside, the back of the house. And so they brought these surveyors out. And what we realized is that the property below, their property actually ran up the mountain, up the hill, and came into a triangle through their patio, through the brush in their backyard, into a section of the pool. Wow. Which was obviously really crazy for everyone to find out. Now, the the seller was was taken aback too. I don't know how they were able to issue permits and build Mm -hmm. this pool because the pool wasn't very old. So it wasn't like the pool was there for 80 years and everybody just kind of was like, it was the olden Mm. days. Things just happened back then. It was fairly recent. So it was very confusing for everybody, but especially this buyer. And so the, the neighbor down below was quite a ways away, but down the line, they could, they could give it to their kids. They could sell the property and those people could put a deck up above to see the view and really take over this neighbor's lot. What ended up happening, which was really crazy, is that everybody said, we're willing to take that risk and hopefully the people down below do not... Come swimming in our pool. Do not come and have a, <laughs> yeah, have a barbecue next Sunday <laughs> in, our, in our yard. And I think they reduced it about two $300,000 cash. Whoa. And closed like three, four days later. I know. So, so interesting. So that was kind of a crazy thing. So they just accepted yeah. it for what it was. They took it. And they'll deal with whatever those repercussions are later. They did. Well, for for 300 k off, <laughs> I, I would deal with a lot, I think. Yeah, they did. They were just <laughs> crossing their fingers and saying, all right, well, we wow. got a deal off the, the listing yeah. price and let's just move forward and cross our fingers. So... Hmm. It's like a lawsuit waiting to happen yeah. right there with the, the pool builder and the surveyor and the, ugh. It's a lot of yeah. things going on there. So things like that, I guess, do happen and fall through the cracks with the city and permits and stuff like that. So tell me if you agree with this. I've worked with a couple of title officers and correct me if I'm wrong, but a lot, are a lot of them attorneys? I noticed that they are really, really smart people. <laughs> are they attorneys usually often? I don't think they're attorneys. I haven't really heard that, but they are really smart. And and I am as good as the people behind me. I know my staff and the internal people are the true heroes in the real estate transaction. I just bring those transactions inside, but they are examining and going through chains of title all day and just really, really savvy and smart at what they do. But I have to say they have at Chicago title, at least, People are working, usually they really work themselves up. They're in our customer service. Maybe they're in searching and examining for a while. Then they're an assistant to a title officer for for quite a bit of time. And so they really, really get their feet wet and they really learn a lot before they actually get that title of a title officer. So we have some really great ones at Chicago. And I think every company has to do their due diligence. Those people have a lot on the line. I mean, their names are on that preliminary title report. So they have to really... We're an amazing company. We've been around for 175 years. So the people we put in those positions are very... Do you have anyone that's been with the company the whole time? For 175 years? I don't know. I mean, you know. We have... And if so, what are they doing? Yeah, I mean... I don't think so, but we have some people who they are, but they, we have some people. That's what I loved. When I came to Chicago, I was with another title company for about six years before Chicago. Great title company as well. And what I loved about Chicago when I came over was that everybody I met during the interviewing process, not everybody, but there was a good amount of people who really had been there for a long time, 20 years, 25 years. And that's a really, I think a true testament to the company and the way it's ran and the backing and, and the financial uh, stability and all of those things. But 
we have something called the Castle Club. <laughs> I always think of this as far as recs go. So our, our logo is a castle, a picture of a castle. And if you close a million dollars in title revenue as a sales rep, you're part of this thing called the Castle Club. Mm. And so that's what you obviously you are really striving to be a part of. What's the prize? Do you get to go to a castle in France or like, <sighs> what do you get out of I it? Wish. I wish. I'm going to bring that up to my manager. Do you get to go to a castle in Vegas? You need a castle-themed prize. You get to go to the Excalibur in Vegas. <laughs> oh, I love the Excalibur. I, I actually love the Excalibur I love well. the Excalibur. Did the, you get a chance to go there when you were in Vegas? Not the, the time, maybe now. The jousters? Did you yes. see the jousters? Uh-huh. So much Dinner fun. and tournament. I took my sons there a couple years ago and they love Vegas. Uh, but they we went to we went to that show. We went to the Jackson yeah. show. It was great. You eat with your hands. Remember that? No forks, no like medieval times. Medieval, yes. Yeah. Like cable guy. Used, one of my favorite used, movies. But there's a scene in Cable Guy where they're I, eating, it's, they're at that. It's underrated. <laughs> love it's great. Such a good movie. Yeah, we used to go to Vegas all the time when I was a kid. Yeah. Me we too. loved it. It's a quick, easy I trip. mean, I guess when you're a SoCal kid, like that's where you go that's for spring go. break. I took, and, I took my yeah. kids. Yeah. yeah. My parents used to throw us in the back of their station wagon. And that was our, that was our road trip to Vegas. As long as you put your kids to bed, probably about, I would say like 1030. There's no, my 10 and eight year old shouldn't be on the strip past, much past that. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, so we go to, well, what we do for the, for the castle club, going back to the castle <laughs> is that we... We have a sales rally every year. And so they really, they send us this beautiful pin if you're in the Castle Club and they add a diamond to it every year you're in the Castle Club. What? Wow. Real diamond? Real diamond. And so I have a few now and it's really cool. And you're part of this club and they do a beautiful dinner for you and your significant other. And Mm -hmm. they give you a really nice gift during the sales rally. And uh, yeah, they take care of you. But what I loved is going to these sales rallies that first year I wasn't in the castle club and I had just joined is I saw these reps there with 20 diamonds, 25 diamonds around this pin. And I just kept thinking like, Oh, I want to be that person one day. That's pretty cool. Yeah. And they just, there really is something to be said for them not wanting to go elsewhere and really feeling like this is their this is their home and, and loving where they work. So that is, uh, that's the really great part about Chicago Title. It's, it's one of those companies that people know across the country. It's, it's a really amazing company. And so I feel very fortunate to be there. Now, let me ask you this, because we want to sort of be informative for realtors that have been around the business for a while. They're new to the business. What do you think is like the most important thing maybe the realtors need to know about title or title insurance or the process, or maybe that they don't already all know what, if there was one thing you would want to tell realtors about title, what would it be? Just maybe to get started earlier or or what what do you suggest? Yeah. I I think doing your homework early is key so that your clients know exactly where they need to be. and, And, and I think especially at this day and age, so many things can go wrong and there's so many questions about real estate and so many different parts of the transaction that if they can give as much information to their clients by the time they put that sale sign in their front yard, the better they're going to be as a realtor. And so if they can get this report with them and either put them in touch with me, their sellers, or go over it themselves and look like a rock star, that's where I come into play. I feel like if I can do my homework and sit down with a realtor and tell them how to read through this report and really understand it, they don't need to know every single thing. And and obviously things come up on a transaction that even I haven't seen before. But if they know how to read a general report and then can utilize me to come in to help afterwards, they're going to look great. They're going to tell their clients, 
this is what's on your property. These are the items we need to go through. I need these documents from you as quick as possible. I think that's the most important thing. And and just to assure the client and on the buy side, we're an insurance company. So if anything is missed on this preliminary title report, or if anything doesn't go the way that we've kind of outlined how they're protected, we're on the hook. We take out Mm -hmm. insurance claims and we, and we take care of everything. I mean, so good that I've, I've talked to people who said, yes, there was a claim. This doesn't happen very often either. But if there is an insurance claim in title and they've missed something on the preliminary title report, I've heard that clients are like, my clients didn't even know. They reached out to let my clients know that they were handling the situation. It was handled. They didn't have to do anything on their side. And so I think using one of those really financially stable title companies does come into play. I'm just the peace of mind that if something does get missed, the title company has your back and that's why you have a title insurance policy. You only have one policy. So if you never refinance or sell again, that one policy that you pay for during that transaction Mm. is good for life. Wow. So you want to have a really, really great, strong company behind you because it's the only policy you'll ever need unless you sell. Awesome. So let me ask you about yourself. So imagine growing up, you were a little girl dreaming about (laughs) being a title sales rep and and your dreams have now come true. (laughs) But if that's not the if that's not the story, then tell us what is. <laughs> no, that was not the story. Although I don't know if people remember if you grew up in the valley. I think I've talked to Sarah about this. But if you grew up in the valley and you only had basic cable and no great channels, <laughs> Channel Six back in the day was like a loop of realtors yes. and still photos what? of yeah. <laughs> It was still photos of properties that were for sale. And it would just show like the realtor in the front yard, like in front of the house. What the hell was channel six? It was literally a loop of like, Homes for sale. Yeah, remember and the channel? Like what? Well, she said it was channel six. I don't know. I don't even think. But it my had mom a name. was on it once because my mom's <laughs> a realtor, and I remember we'd watch it. And we'd be like, "That's it's you, you, it's you, it's, it's you. you, it's you," and she's like waving because uh, they got a little more advanced at a certain point. Yeah. They were like moving pictures, you know, like short videos. Ooh. But they would do like a slideshow of the house, okay, you know, or yeah. just okay. like the front of the house, yeah, for sale, and then they would have like the price on the screen. Ooh, that's kind of cool. It was very so you, local. It was you, very local. Did you watch a lot of that, Marissa? Is that so, you just stared at that? <laughs> it's funny that you said that because my mom would like come into cartoons? the room sometime and she'd be like, are you still watching these homes for sale on loop? Like, what is wrong with you? Was that, was that real estate porn before uh, before Zillow and Redfin? That was reels before, um, yeah, before only, social only, media existed. Only fans, uh, real estate edition. <laughs> okay. Exactly. So you, so you would watch so it? I would sit there for hours watching these videos of, of these funny. terrible blurry pictures of ugly living rooms. Pixelated 80s yes, TV. Terrible. And I used to be like, it's interesting to me. I love seeing properties huh. that are for sale. And so my mom was like, you're maybe going to do something in real estate one day. That's interesting. Wow. So cut to, I never did anything in real estate until much later, but I grew up in the San Fernando Valley. I never left, went to college, Cal State Northridge, go Matadors. And I was actually a child actor from the time from six to 27. So Whoa. yeah. What'd you do? I did a whole ton of, Barbie commercials and every kind oh. of young, whatever the kids were into, all the toys. I did a bunch of those commercials. I did a ton of yeah. voice work and like guest spots on television shows. And, and just that was that okay. was kind of my thing. And so I stayed in LA because I was auditioning and shooting stuff and whatever. And then of course, my other job was working in restaurants and bartending and doing all of mm. that to pay the bills. And then I got offered a part and, and I was going to move to New York and that was like going to happen. And then. I decided not to go. 
and I decided mm. to get a real job. Why? And, and acting is a real job. What? I'm not saying it's what? not a real job, but <laughs> why? I was 27. I had been acting for so long. I mm. just felt like I wanted to stay here. I knew I was going to mm. probably get engaged to my boyfriend pretty, pretty soon after that. He wasn't really knowing what he was going to do on the East Coast. And so I, I got a job actually at the W in Hollywood at their residences. They had condos there. Oh, that's right. And that was kind of, I did sales and marketing for the residences there. So that's kind of how I, I guess, yeah, initially got into real estate. There it is. And I was there for a couple of years until that project kind of wrapped up. And then I didn't know what I was going to do after that. And someone there, a friend of mine had, had mentioned like, oh, you'd be a great title rep. Have you ever thought mm. about doing something like a, a sales job in, in real estate? I didn't know much about title at the time. And I said, sure. but. It was 2008. So. Oh. <laughs> you can well, it's, you can only go you can only go up from there. <laughs> <laughs> that was rough. It was a rough time to get in. It was a great time to get in and a really terrible time to get in. There was zero yeah. business to be had, mm. especially if you were new, but I really got my feet wet and kind of tried to learn what this was all about and had to really prove to people that I was going to stick it out and and be around when things turned around. And, yeah, and that's the biggest part enough, of the job. Yeah. Yeah. Proving that you're not going anywhere. Proving. Yeah. Really? Yeah. I just, I had to, I had to stick it out. A lot of slam doors in my faces, a lot of, you know, (laughs) get out of here. I don't even have business. It was a hard (laughs) time. It was a really hard time for people and and realtors at that time. It was, you know, everything had changed. And so luckily and fortunately enough in LA, it had bounced back pretty quickly. A few years later, I felt like I was in a good position to be like, I'm still here still asking for the business. I'm I've proved myself. I've been, I've been putting in some hard work. And, and here I am. And your, your relationships, right? You, you totally. want to know realtors yeah. because they're the ones that order title, I imagine. Yeah. How do you form those relationships? Like what's your, what's your go-to yeah. strategy? So at the beginning, social media wasn't really big. Into, it wasn't what it is today in 2008. Mm-hmm. So we didn't... MySpace wasn't that yeah. great, I guess, for you. That's yeah. great for me. Uh, I actually recently went on my MySpace page <laughs> the other day. I, I still swear, there? It was still there and it freaked me out. <laughs> it was just like a time warp of like, we all left the page and never right. went back. And like, I think the original song I had set to my page and like Whoa. my top oh, eight man. friends were still I there. I didn't even know that was still operating. I didn't it's, think it was. It's still there. It's oh, very that's creepy. Strange. Hey, oh, if I can still that. have a Hotmail account <laughs> and an AOL account... <laughs> I have an AOL account. I still yeah, have an yeah, AOL yeah, account. I, yeah, see. <laughs> I, uh, I sign up for anything that might send me junk mail with that. Smart. Yeah. Yeah. Smart. Yeah. yeah. So I, I, it's all about relationships. So really it was, I had my territory. These were the cities that I called on and I had my list. I would print out all of the offices that were within those cities and I would drive around and I would just walk in. It was just yeah. super cold call. Mm. Hi. My name's Marissa. This is what I'm doing. Great. No thanks. Bye. And <laughs> the next week on that same Monday, I'd go straight back into that office. And, and at first, mm. I'm all about genuine relationships and really getting to know the person and, and truly forming a, a relationship before I'm at, even asking to work with that person. Right. So I had visit people for months before I even talked about title or mm, talked right. about doing business together. And um, really just tried to get to know the person. So I was going into real estate offices. I was going into escrow offices, uh, mortgage companies, attorney's offices, anybody who could drive business to title. And, and then what really 
I started to love, I'm going back to that channel six, that loop of those weird listings is, is I, I go to open houses all week long. So currently I'm in areas where I can go to three days of open houses and I go to brokers opens and I just visit agents. I'm there to support them and their great new listings. I'm there to see my clients and, and say, congratulations. Mm-hmm. there to help if anybody needs help on a report or or just has questions about the property. And so I'm seeing some like really great properties and some really terrible properties on a day-to-day basis. But what I do is I, I try to go to literally 30 or 40 open houses a week at least. Um, wow. There were days when I was first getting started where I would probably go to 20 a day. Whoa. Yeah. Yeah. And it's hard depending it's on how hard. much time you have yeah. to do it and how widespread the territories are. Right. Right. A lot of driving, huh? And open houses have really evolved. And Sarah, Sarah probably knows this too. I mean, they used to be open houses and you'd walk through really quickly and grab a sheet and walk out and look at, look at the property super fast. And now it's kind of, it's become, there's some really fancy properties and some really Mm. fancy open houses. I mean, people are going, these realtors are going all out. So it's become almost like a social gathering. Yeah. Mm. Everybody hangs out in the kitchen, just like right. at parties. Exactly. <laughs> sure. And over the years, as I've gotten closer to these clients or met more and more agents, you get into these great conversations. And, and now it's like you said, it's, it becomes a party. And these people have become not only friends, some of them has, it feels like you're part of their, their office or their group or their team. Yeah. And agents even ask me like, hey, can I put you on my website as my title partner? You're part of my team. I call you hmm. seven times a week. You're just as part of my team as my buy agent who I call all the time. So these re- relationships are, are super important, but they're, it's my favorite part of the job is really working with people that I, I truly love to work with and have become very close with. And I know their kids' names and their spouses' names and and where they live and we we go out and we do dinners and lunches and it's it's fantastic. It's awesome. Awesome. Well, thank you. Well said. This has been really really nice and educational. <laughs> it's all nice and well. Title, yeah, title I, I try to make title as as fun and interesting as possible. Probably not the most exciting part of a transaction, but yeah. I try. Well, thank you for teaching us title on a Tuesday. It's Wednesday, but didn't oh, that sound good? That was better. Ooh. Yeah. We can fake it. We can pretend it's Tuesday. We'll pretend sure. it's Tuesday. Yeah. <laughs> thanks marissa thanks so thank much you. this was fun thank you oh do you want to tell us where we can find you we can we can include in the show oh. notes but also do you want to like i don't know i don't give out my personal stuff so what tell us your where can people find you marissa your myspace handle yeah. and your aol <laughs> account please we want to know the song on your MySpace. <laughs> well if you search marissa azra on both facebook instagram i'll definitely pop up Chicago Title has a website, so you can put in Chicago Title and Marissa Azra. Um, mm-hmm. And my email address and phone number will definitely be available there. And we'll include your contact information in the show notes as well. So perfect. Thank yeah, you thanks so much. Thanks so much. Thanks this for coming fun. on. Thank you. All right. Bye. Thanks for joining us for today's episode. I'm Paul with Great Builds. And I'm Sarah with Glen Oaks Escrow. And if you like what you heard, make sure to subscribe, rate, and review. If you'd like to get in touch, please email us at larealtorpod at gmail.com. We'll see you next time. We'll see you next time.